Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Opinion Line on Courts 96 FM. Simon, I'm delighted to see that you are a year uh, clean and sober now. You've had a tough couple of years and, and you chose to post about it. And as you say in your Facebook post, you don't always do this kind of thing. Morning. Uh, good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, um, I guess the reason why, first off, I posted um about because i was keeping it very it was just my family and my close friends knew about what was kind of going on over the past few years and the reason why i chose to post it first off was almost like because i wanted to just say right this is one year i made it to one year and also i felt that maybe somebody might read that post maybe a friend of a friend of a friend might show up on their news feed or something and they might just say you know what Maybe I could go get help, you know, I could see a therapist. So that was that was kind of really the main reason why I posted it. That okay. and to celebrate. Well, absolutely, and well you should. But let's let's go back to people who don't know who Simon McCone is. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about the hole in which you found yourself. Um well I suppose um it really kind of I it was around the time after, around the time I started studying uh, in college, because mm. um, that coincided obviously with the coronavirus. I think the coronavirus made everything worse. But to rewind, um, I just found myself, and I didn't know what was happening at the time. Gradually and gradually, uh, falling into kind of like a dark place mm. that I never twigged as you know being de- being suffering from depression i never felt it was like that i always felt it was something different um there were times i thought i was kind of you know going insane i was always there was a lot of paranoia going on there was a lot of intrusive thoughts thoughts about things that were just not happening well, was this was after you started college was it uh, no it was kind of it was slightly before that, but it intensified during my college uh, my college years okay. because I was studying while coronavirus was going on as well. And I think that kind of made things worse. But I think it was something that I always had, even kind of growing up, um, and it just kind of felt worse and worse. Basically, I was turning myself into my own worst enemy, if you get me. I do, actually. You were looking at the yeah. you were looking at the negative parts of your personality as we all do exactly. from time to time, and you were thinking they were the dominant parts. Exactly, everything I was looking at was 
bad, 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 and everything in the future was bad, bad, bad. Instead of looking at the positives, I always felt that there was a sense, like an ominous cloud almost, over me all the time. And I'd find myself getting into these kind of very, very strange patterns of, um, and it wasn't until I entered therapy that I actually realized that this is what was happening because it took me over so much. I wasn't aware of it while it was happening. And I would often find myself in these very weird patterns that let's say if a bus was driving behind me, I would have to get to the next pull before the bus passed me or else something would bad would really happen to my sister or else something horrible would happen to my mother. And I couldn't shake the image out of my mind until I passed it. Mm. And if I didn't make it, it would just intensify and intensify. Your head was painting pictures for you. Absolutely. Exactly. And I felt it was just kind of getting worse and worse and worse while also not being fully aware of it. I just thought that was just kind of like what life was, really. Yeah. I wasn't And was this of kind of all going on inside your head, Simon? Had you anybody to talk to about it? Did you, did you talk to anybody about how you were feeling? No, no. Because I never really acknowledged it myself, almost. I did, at some points, just have a thought that, you know, I don't like what's kind of happening because it was really, really, really an awful uh, thing I was going through. And I didn't know what was going on at the time, if you get me. So I never felt that I could talk to anybody. Yes. And instead, uh, what happened was, obviously, you know, I started going out and I started going to parties, you know, my college years and stuff. And through that, then I was introduced to class A substances. Mm-hmm. And I felt that the more I drank, I was never like a fan of drink. I'd have one, I'd have another, and then that would lead on to other things. And whatever I would take... I felt like it was ecstasy and cocaine and Mm. I felt that that would almost slow down this sense of paranoia and let me open up and talk honestly to friends, if you get me. I do. So I'd have to take all these substances just to open up and talk to people and I felt that slowed down what was going on in my mind and still I never really acknowledged it. You were self-medicating. With anything you can get your hands on. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, And it wasn't something like it was constant. It might have been, you know, here and there. But then as the the years went on, it might have been like twice a week kind of a thing. Or I'd go out looking for, for stuff just to basically just calm down these kind of these these thoughts and these these intrusive thoughts that kept on getting worse. Yeah. And then sometimes I would find myself just stuck in these repeated patterns of, you know, the classic things of double checking things to make sure, like the house, the, do- the door is locked, my phone is charging, my alarm is turned on, and I would check them at least like 10 times okay. until it would just, and I just, I just thought this was just like, um, almost like a quirk that I had, something quirky, right. but in hindsight, it was actually, I could see what it was. So what happened was, um, a year ago, uh, I, I, to put it bluntly, I took ecstasy and the whole night, I went through the whole night partying, not even partying, I was by myself. I met a friend for a drink and I just roamed the streets almost looking for more. And I went into my sister's work and she obviously got a massive, massive fright. And I told her, don't, don't, you know, don't tell our mother, don't tell our mother. And I'm so grateful that she actually did tell my mother because I was terrified that my mother would, um, 
would obviously disown me, but of course that that wasn't that wasn't what happened. I I owe so much to my mother because she swiftly booked me in to see a therapist. Right. Do you think that you um, brought yourself? This is a a strange question. Do you think that you deliberately? Absolutely. When looking back now, Absolutely. you deliberately brought yourself into your sister's work to raise an alarm. Absolutely. Because when I went to see my sister, I can remember the conversation vividly. I was telling her um, what was my stresses and what was getting me down. And because of that in my childhood, I never knew it, but I was after developing a trauma okay. that I, I buried deep in me. Okay. And my therapist told me that I was actually after putting on a mask over a mask, over a mask, over a mask. So the first appointment with the therapist then, how did that go? (laughs) I came in and I told him about everything I was doing and my kind of almost addictive personality. And he told me that I was challenging him to shock him from the minute I came in the door. And then through that, he was able to tweak that I, I had major trust issues. Yeah. And he realized that there was, it was something traumatic that I needed to one size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from noom like evan who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds salads generally for most people are the easy button right for me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Almost go back to and contextualize. Well, you're almost challenging said- him to be shocked at you. That was exactly what was happening. And he's sitting there exactly. going, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I had him against the ropes, but in fairness to him. <laughs> They've seen it all, pal. They've seen it all. They've seen they it have, all. they have. So and you then, you did, did you just stop drinking there and then? Just stop taking stuff there and then? Well, when I saw how upset my mother got that day she found out what was happening, I made a pact at myself to never drink again and to never touch anything again. That was something that I myself said, not even having like the one with family at Christmas. No, a social point is gone now because for fear of what it might lead to. Is that it? Yeah. And I made a very, very strict decision as well to remove myself from my friend group. But instead of going out to see friends, even in the evening, I would just go home instead and read because I felt that I would need need a full year to repair myself. And, get to know what was going on and just admit that whatever happened in the past happened in the past and it's I need to forge my own path and that was all thanks to my therapist because he did a um, a technique called EDMR which is 
sorry, eye movement desensitization therapy. We've talked about that before. It's to do yeah. with OCD, which clearly you had yeah. developed. Yeah. And it wasn't until one of my uh, sessions with him, one of the most profound sessions ever, that I started, he asked me, you know, what are my views on death? And I told him, I'm not afraid of death, but I'm terrified of what will happen to my closest friends, my family, if I don't do certain things. And then I started opening up, unbeknownst to myself, about all, you know, touching things at a certain amount of times. Because um, I always did this by myself. I never did it in front of my friends because I was distracted by friends, if you uh -huh. get me. It was I when I was by I myself. You kept this. This was talks. your little secret with yourself, but was right, it was eating you up at the same time. Absolutely, and there's even some things as well that I got kind of like a slight fear of like contamination almost. Yeah. As well, there was just some, there was there was irrational fears as well starting to grow. And it wasn't until we worked through numerous sessions of um, the therapy that I started to actually talk about this. I see. And then he guided me down a path where he viewed my, um, my backstory and my childhood and stuff like that. And... We found where the trauma was, and he helped me contextualize Brilliant. it. And in that session, I felt a weight lift <laughs> off my shoulders. And have you and made peace on, now with what happened to you? I have. I have. Um, it was, I just realized that, you know, uh, my, 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 my backstory, I'll go into detail on it, um, was um, people just made silly decisions, and it never concerned me. And yeah. instead, I was carrying the weight. I got you. And so you're, since then, it's you, never stressed me. And did it take you long to shake off the drink and shake off the substances? Um, I think it was such a wake-up call, it was almost immediate. Good. Good. And how, um, are, you, and how are you now? You're a year, a year clear. A year clean, yeah. Mm -hmm. because I are you doing the A or any of those things? No. Because even my therapist tweaked this, that he says I was never actually addicted to anything. It was more the use. It was the problem, the underlining problem that I was using to help me to talk to people. I have you. And he said that once we fix the underlining problem, that would fix itself. And it did. I was always skeptical as well of therapy. I can't say this enough. I was so skeptical of therapy, even like <laughs> for some strange reason, vocally, kind of, I never thought it would work. Yeah. Then I found myself in therapy and it's the most profound thing ever. I'm telling everybody, no matter what state your mental health is in, you should see a therapist. It's unbelievable. Yeah. It's so important, isn't it, Simon? It's a lesson you learned, and people yeah. learn the lesson in the situation. And to somebody who may be listening now or has a loved one who's in the position you were in or anything like it, for goodness sake, find someone to talk to. You know now when yeah. you walked into your sister's work that night, that was a cry for someone to talk to. Wasn't it? it was, it was, it was. And I did notice a pattern where I was kind of opening up to a lot of my friends and kind of, there was a, a cry for help mm. that I didn't know I was actually crying out for. It was that, it was the eight-year-old boy inside me that put on masks as he grew up from that yes. period onwards. That's right, that's that right. Was out. That's right. And the messages you were sending out through, shall we call them odd behaviours, the messages yeah. you were sending out were, would someone please... Look at me, because I'm all broken inside, and I don't know how to say it. Absolutely, that was this, and the 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 OCD quirks, as I like to call them, yeah. but the compulsions and stuff like that. What that was was it was almost like a battle to try have control yes. over my life, to control certain aspects, you know, by 
but there were aspects that I just made up in my head. Essentially, I know. I know. But but a year, yeah. a year on, a year on, it was traumatic. But but things are working out. Your message, Simon, before I let you go, your message to anybody who's in difficulty or knows somebody in difficulty or suspects that someone they love or care about might be in difficulty. What's that message? Um, that there is actually there is always somebody out there to help. And no matter how much you build it up in your head about um, that this might be a stress with things go through, it's not. These people are here to help you. And it can be it, it can be the most profound, amazing thing mm. when you do find help and you do find what the root cause yeah. you know, of certain addictions or certain problems are. And it, it is totally life-changing. And I never thought I'd be a person to actually say those words. Yeah, and you won't shock them and they won't laugh at you. And you're not telling them no. that they haven't heard before. Yeah. Yeah. That must have been a great feeling when you went into the therapist and you, like you said, you were, you were trying to shock the therapist. You were trying yeah. to surprise the therapist. And I can just see his face. I don't know who he is, this guy above him, but sitting there looking at him going, yeah. yeah. That's exactly it. He was just going, mm, yeah. Okay. <laughs> As if to say, bring it on. Like. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, and, and, yeah. And, re- and even releasing that across the table must have been, must have been something special for you. It was. There was a lot of stuff that I could finally get off my chest yeah. and I could finally be the real me as opposed to a, a persona that I had to put up all these different masks for yeah. all my life. I could, the real Simon could come out. And that was a huge, that was and a huge the real moment. Simon has, the real Simon has been there ever since I well, had that moment, that profound moment in therapy. He was, he was always there. He was just afraid to come out and here he's yeah. back. And great to talk to you, Simon. I wish you well in your continuing recovery and the advice to anyone who finds themselves in a difficult situation like Simon did talk to somebody Courts 96 FM